Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Kia ora, and welcome to this podcast episode of Our Changing World. Call Justin Gregory Aho. And congratulations to Aotea Great Barrier Island, now officially a dark sky sanctuary. The International Dark Sky Association granted the very rare certification to the island earlier this year after they completed a rigorous process of measuring and reporting. The island's new status recognises both the existing cultural value of the island's night sky to iwi and tauiwi alike and also means its extraordinary views now must be protected by Auckland Council law. So how extraordinary are we talking? I was at the, admittedly, daytime celebrations on the island and asked folks what they see when they look up at night. Thousands and thousands of stars. <laughs> there are just thousands of them. Just before we went to bed, we went out, looked up. There were millions of stars out there. It was just magic. It's unbelievable. If you haven't seen it before, it's extraordinary. A massive glowworm grotto is probably the best I can <laughs> explain it. We take it for granted here that you can walk out onto your deck, take your 8-inch Dobsonian out there and peer through it and see the rings of Saturn. Alive with stars and Milky Way and various cloud formations. It's, it's absolutely beautiful. I'm Izzy Fordham. Mm-hmm. And I'm chairperson of the Great Barrier Local Board. <laughs> so today is the, it's the official big day. This is the day when you attain the status of a dark sky sanctuary. We were accredited with it in June, but we wanted to take our time and plan a community event, which is exactly what we've done. Hello, and welcome. Welcome to the official launch of Aotearoa Great Barrier Island International Dark Sky Sanctuary. Claris Sports Club is the setting for the celebrations with Karakia from Natiwai and Waiata from the island school kids. Half the population seem to be present here, marking the end of this year-long effort. And to gain the accreditation, we had to go through quite a process, which entailed getting the, the night light readings first to see how they compared. So it was important to get those readings first to even see if we'd come anywhere near what dark sky are looking for. Auckland astronomer Nailini Davies made those crucial measurements. For her, the task was an almost spiritual one. Half our world is above the horizon, the sky. And the sky has been a universal constant across cultures and also across time. A veil has come over this night sky in light-polluted areas. So I got a shock to find out a third of humanity can no longer see the Milky Way. 99% of the people living in US cities can't see the Milky Way. 80% of people living in European cities can't see the Milky Way. They can hardly see many stars. So I called up Jendi. First time I spoke to her and I said, I've had a harebrained idea. And Jendi said, I like harebrained ideas. 
Jendi is Jendi Somerville-Ryan, who with husband Richard project managed the three-part certification process. The first part is actually being able to sell your island and why it deserves to be a dark sky sanctuary. The second part is to look at the domestic lighting and the regulatory structure to protect what you have. And the third part, of course, is where Nalani was instrumental, is to be able to measure the dark sky. And it needs to be a certain darkness before you even qualify. Nialini purchased measuring equipment, and over two nights, the trio drove the length, breadth, width and height of the island to measure the darkness. So I did an absolute belt and braces job. Of course, over the whole island. Whole island, right. every place we could go to, every <laughs> spot that could be reached on road was reached. So it, funnily enough, it actually brought out the creative in me. I also worked with an IT expert friend of mine, and we designed a system <laughs> which was uh, an automatic logging system. We could do it th- using my laptop. We could get the GPS readings at the same time, and we could do it as a ra- drive through So we suddenly went from this archaic handheld system to which minimum human error as well. So we innovated the system, which allowed us to... There's no way we could have covered the whole island consistently like that, and every, minimum human error. And so it, it is an innovation, really, which can now be applied elsewhere. So to cut a long story short, those measurements were made, they stacked up, they were basically barrier has pristine night skies. Those pristine skies are the results of three factors. Isolation, the island's about 100 kilometres away from Auckland, low population density, 60% of the island is dock conservation land, and no reticulated electricity. If the 900 or so locals there want light, they have to make it themselves, so hence no unnecessary illumination, and as a result, a nearly entirely natural night sky. Altair Great Barrier is one of just three dark sky sanctuaries in the world, and it's the only one that's an island. In 2012, a 4,300 square kilometre area in the Mackenzie region of the South Island was declared an international dark sky reserve. But what's the difference between the two? Nailini again. So the reserve category is usually when there's a core area that's very dark, surrounded by a peripheral area, and you have to have lighting controls in the peripheral areas. So with Mount John Observatory, which is our best observatory in this country, uh, they have that area and they have had lighting controls there for a long time because of the observatory so they were designated a reserve The IDA defines a dark sky sanctuary as public or private land that has an exceptional or distinguished quality of starry nights and a nocturnal environment that is protected for its scientific, natural or educational value its cultural heritage and or public enjoyment A sanctuary is usually remote, with, quote, few, if any, nearby threats to the quality of its dark night skies, and requires its guardians to, quote, increase awareness of these fragile sites and promote their long-term conservation. Richard Somerville-Ryan, who handled the regulatory requirements of the process, points to the ambassador programme that the islanders are running as key to increasing that awareness. People who are island residents who are learning, rapidly learning what they need in terms of astronomy to talk about the night sky and what you can see. They're not, and wouldn't claim to be, sort of serious astronomers, but they can certainly guide um, visitors around the night sky and say this is the special things that the island has to offer. Iwi involvement has been there since the start of the Dark Sky Project. Jeff Cleave is a descendant of Ngāti and he lives on the island. 
He says his training as an ambassador honours both the past and the future. In the world of indigeneity, um, we're losing things all the time. So unless we actually stand forward, like if we don't always stand up and talk about our ancestors, support their ideas and their aspirations, like the stars, all the knowledge gets lost. And we have a saying, kāti te mahi, kāti te kūpū. When we, start, when we stop doing the work, we stop using the words. And without the words, we're nothing. When our um, tūpuna originally arrived on Aotea, um, we never lost the links with our whānau from the far north, um, Ngauri o Ngātiwi. So every season, we used to travel across and we used to answer the call of our of our kaitiaki, uh, called Tukaiaia, um, Taningwa. Well, the Tukaiaia was a giant seahawk, molly bird, giant molly bird. And it used to cry and it used to draw us across the sea to go and plant. And we would do that all off the seasons, all off the moon phase. And we would plant at different places. We used to go to Whangarei, um, Matapodi, Whananaki, and all of these places and end up at a little place called Tuparihuia. And we would plant according to the seasons and we would only plant certain vegetables at each garden. And knowing what their phase was with, with the seasons, we would then plant the longer seeds at the start of our journey and the shorter crops at the end so that when we were there, we weren't there for too long and we picked up every crop as we came back along. And we did that every season and uh, it worked for us for generations. And it was actually the invention of the uh, seagull two-horse that killed our <laughs> travels to overseas because then we could get to, to other places. Um, but, yeah, that was our traditional journey every year. After the not very serious business of declaring the island's new status with glitterful balloons being burst and star cloaks being donned, the Astronomy Expo opens to educate young and old. Astron's Jarena McKenzie is working hard at outreach. Hey guys, do you know what this is? This is a telescope. Oh my god! Yeah! Do you know which end of the telescope you look through? See, that's the wrong end. So, okay. See, this bit here, this bit here that you're holding onto, that's the eyepiece. And the eyepiece is what you look through. Hi, I'm Justin from Radio New Zealand. Hello. Who are you? I'm <laughs> Vanessa from the Stardom Observatory and Planetarium. What we've been doing is we're quite close connections with the Astronomical Society. So when they were telling us all about what was going on, we wanted to join in and definitely help out with the little kids, teaching them about it's not just a nighttime thing. Astronomy is also a daytime thing. Once the excitement of it all wears off, there's ongoing work to check light pollution levels and maintain Aotearoa Great Barrier Island's pristine skies. But Nailini Davies is confident that that won't be a problem. And I'm, I have no doubt it will be sustainable into the, into the long-term future. We're talking our children, children's children, their children, future generations. I read somewhere that on a, on a full moon night you can read the newspaper by the light of the moon. That seems a bit far-fetched to me. <laughs> It's not. It's not. You've no, done you it. No, you can actually read. <laughs> it's, I, I know it sounds ridiculous, right. but it's, yeah. You'll have to come back on the full moon and see for yourself. Thanks for listening to Our Changing World. For photos, videos, and more about the Dark Sky program, go to the Our Changing World webpage, rnz.co.nz forward slash Our Changing World. 
And if you like stories about science, and I'm guessing you do, then you can subscribe to RNZ's The Science Of. That's a collaboration between Our Changing World's Alison Balance and Simon Morton from This Way Up. It's all about the science of everyday things like vitamin C, sweat, snow, and much, much more. Get amongst it.